I am fired up on another level, so you better prepare yourself. It's not a hyped up fake fire, it's the real thing because Jesus is in me and he's inside you if you're born again. It's not something you ever have to fabricate. You can't fabricate the fire. You don't fabricate authenticity. You're either real or you're not. You're either being true to yourself in Christ or you're being a pretentious fake person. Can I get an amen? I mean, we're starting right out the gate strong this morning, right? God doesn't want you to fake it till you make it. He wants you to be honest and authentic and real and genuine and understanding that God's love and power and fire is not predicated on anything else but his goodness in your life and him living in you. Now, I can put all kinds of disqualifiers on it. I haven't been doing certain things. I've not been good enough. I've been doing things I shouldn't be doing or not reading or praying or worshiping, whatever it is. But what you have to understand is the goodness of God is solely predicated on the goodness of God, not on the goodness of you. God doesn't want you to be good. He wants you to be spiritual. So let's say that together. Come on, you guys. I'm not gonna let this second service be like half fire. We are igniting the rocket fuel combustors and we're launching into the stratosphere. Just, just like worship, I gotta tell you, the worship for me was out of this world. I loved that atmosphere. I love communing with the Lord in it. I'm talking to God, I'm worshiping God, I'm celebrating God, I'm getting revelations from the Lord in the midst of it. Like I was praying during worship, I said, God, jackhammer me into your rock. That was coming out of my mouth. I've never said that before. Lord, jackhammer my life. Just jackhammer me, Lord. Plow up the, the fallow ground. Have you ever said that? Lord, the fallow ground in my heart, just plow it. Plow me. Say that. Plow me, Lord. You guys are like, what in the world? Plow me, Lord. What kind of church is this? This is a jackhammer church. If you're supposed to be rooted on the rock, then you better get jackhammered. And you know what happens when God jackhammers you onto his rock? He turns you into a jackhammer. Let's say this together. First God does it in me. Then he does it through me. So he jackhammers you to make you a jackhammer to break up the fallow ground in other people's life. Come on. And this is not predicated on anything else but who Christ is in me. The gifts and call are without repentance in your life. So it doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. You're still sitting in a gifting and a calling and you still have an anointing from God. You are anointed right now. You may not feel it. In fact, most of the time I don't feel it. I mean, if I waited until all the stars aligned and my, everything was perfect, my marriage, my kids, I was caffeinated. I mean, then I'd be like, so perfect to prophesy. And thus I'll prophesy because I'm in alignment. It doesn't work like that. You know, the way it works is you're obedient to God when he tells you and he uses you the way that he wants when he wants. And you understand that more often than not, when you feel like you're out of season, it's not your time Things look bleak. It's a desert life. And God says, here comes my rain shower. So I'm going to teach you today. Because when you need it the most is when he comes. When you're broken and desperate, when you're weak and frail, God shows up. But the, the lie is you better get yourself together. You better fix yourself. 
Better behavior, modify yourself. Listen, we're not here to do our church duty this morning. I got a lot of other better things I could have done. I'm here for a reason. It's an encounter with God and to give away what God's given to me and for us to do it together and to strengthen one another for the purposes and plans that God has for us. We're in one of the most difficult months of the year and we're also in one of the busiest times of the year for a church. People are sick, broken, depressed, suicide, and mental illness is exploding. People are walking in darkness. So when Christ comes, the people need to see a great light. You can't just assume people have seen the light. You become the light of the world to those in darkness. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill. Not hidden in your bunker, in your back room, in your end time prepper space. Your city on a hill. Let your light shine. And my job is to ignite the wick of your heart together with the Lord and a lightning strike to come and flicker you and flame you on. Every season of your life should be a supernatural season, even the hardest ones of them all. In fact, we're gonna talk about the most difficult seasons and landscapes of your life, and I wanna talk to you about the fact that no matter how hard it is, you need to understand that God's not out to, to, for you to be good. He wants you to be spiritual. So let's say this, God doesn't want me to be good. He wants me to be spiritual. Now, you know what that means, right? That means that you have to break your behavior modification, legalistic religious performance, and you need to step into your identity as sons and daughters and be wind-driven by the Lord. I never, I never get to not be instant. I can be out of season, though but I still have to be instant. Look at Ecclesiastes 3.1, to everything. Everybody say to everything. Everything means everything. There's a season. And a due time or a time for every purpose under heaven. So every purpose has a time. And you don't know that your son or your daughter or your relationship, your friendships, you don't know that that time's not tomorrow. So if you prematurely give up in the midst of difficult seasons, then you'll miss the appointed time. Every purpose has a time. And to everything has a season. God has an appointment. It's a divine appointment. We call it a kairos moment. A kairos moment is a divinely, perfectly appointed setup trap by God. God traps you, he tricks you, and he puts you into places that you thought, well, how in the world, what is happening to my life? I played in reggae bands, alternative rock bands, played all over Miami Beach. I love congas and percussion. I get busted for drugs. I go to prison. I get out and I go to a crazy charismatic church. People are running around in flags and tambourines. And I thought to myself, where are the drugs? <laughs> I'm really, I'm like, I'd never been in anything. I thought these people have straight plum lost their mind, but I kind of like it. I mean, I have been in dead shows, tripping acid and mushrooms. Now I'm like at a church and I'm thinking, they're sober. <laughs> and I'm standing there, first church experience ever since I was a kid. People everywhere. And it was like the people parted like the Red Sea. And I looked up to the stage. First off, they had a band. I'd never seen a band in church. When I was a kid in the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s, it was all hymnals and acapella singing. And so 
here I am at church and it's a band. Like a band, this is weird. And I look up there and I swear under a shining halo light was a brand new pair of conga drums. And what made it worse is that no one was playing it. Because if you're a musician, let me tell you something about being a musician. The worst thing is to, one, to go to a concert or a show or a church and the person playing the instrument you play is playing really bad and you're like, this is terrible, I want to play. Or B, no one's playing and you're like, I want to play. And so I saw the congas drums, I'm like, why isn't anybody playing these congas? This band's rocking. People are, are, this is wild for Jesus. Get me on the conga drums. God tricked me. <laughs> the band to go to my South Beach was still calling my name. He was Jehovah Sneaky. I was sitting there looking. Do I go the worship team route or do I go the Miami Beach route? God set me up. And that's what God does. He puts you in obscure and odd places in your life and things seem difficult and springs pop and kids manifest and marriage is difficult and, and you live in this world where your, your little kids, you know they need to get born again every day. Every day my kids need to get born again. I'm like, you're gonna get Jesus in you today. Just like yesterday and the day before, like, let me lead you to the Lord. It's like over and over and over again. Everybody needs Christ. And situation, there's not a person in this room not going through a hardship. Let's just dismantle the lie. All of us are battling and wrestling with something. Probably more often, it's finances or relationships or how we think about ourselves or the accusations and lies of, our, of, our, of the enemy and our own family. Single moms, single dads. The world is harsh. The elements are beating down. But see, you're not called to be beggars and paupers. You're sons and daughters. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging bread. Let's say this together. Say, I'm not a beggar. You can't be a daughter and a son and a victim at the same time. Let's say, I'm not a victim. Ta-da! You're not a victim of your circumstance. God has a time for every purpose under heaven, and there's always a season, always a season for supernatural invasion of God's presence and power regardless of the circumstances in front of you. My prayers invade my space, God. In the 80s, my favorite arcade game was Galactica. And right next to it was Space Invaders. And I say, God, invade my space. Just blow me up, Lord. This is an aggressive, passionate prayer. See, I have all these girls that work for me next door. One of them's here. Aubrey, good to see you. Hide, hide under there. No, she's awesome. And God put her in my life and put her under the covering of my life, whether she comes here or not. And these girls, these three girls that are working over there right now, I mean, can you imagine? I got like eight girls, all 19 or 20, working together that don't know each other. Can you imagine how, what that feels like? <laughs> it's a beautiful mess. But I'm up for the task. And so should you. Because God brings you weak, broken, hurting, dying, in prison, blind, deaf, captive people. 
But see, we want the easy ones, the, the ones that got it all together and always affirm us and never talk about us or gossip against us. We want the easies, not the crazies. But God says, you're called to the crazies and the broken and the hurting and the dying. And that season never stops, no matter what you're going through. That's why you must be in instant, whether it's your season or not, convenient, opportunistic or not. You are not a convenience store. We live in a world of easy inconvenience. But care and love and ministry to others, others is often, often hard, difficult, not fun, and inconvenient. But for the joy set before you, because I love you. Well, I, well am, am I willing, are you willing to do whatever it takes to rescue someone else? Because God does it in you to do it through you because he loves you, he gives you grace, he gives you power, and he gives you strength no matter your season. Let me help you really understand. I got a great word for you about this. Here it is. Numbers 13, starting at verse 17. This is when Moses sent the 12 spies into the promised land. Y'all should know the story if you don't go back and read it. But I'm gonna show you something you may have never seen. You ready? Then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests or not, even if it's a desert. Be of good courage, no matter what the land looks like. You must be of good courage no matter what the situation in front of you looks like. And here's what I want you to do. No matter what that land looks like, I'm gonna make a declaration, bring back some fruit. Amen. This, is, this is an awesome word. Because you know what I see in here? I see fruit. And I know some of y'all, oh man, fears, worry, doubts, accusations, lies, sin last night, sin yesterday, sin tomorrow. But you know what? You got fruit in your life. Do you see what I see? You could be a, it could look like a valley of dry bones, but I will speak to the breath and the four winds. Arise, beloved, mighty army. What do you see? A valley of dry bones or an army? So notice this last part. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. And you might remember the story that the fruit that they brought back from the land was so big, the grapes were so gigantic, multiple people together had to carry the load and the burden to pull the fruit out. This is such a powerful word and applies to Rock City Church. You may have issues and struggles and challenges in your life, but I'm gonna get Melody, I'm gonna get Lacey, I'm gonna get Jeff, and we're gonna par partner up together to pull the fruit out of your life. It doesn't matter if you're in a stronghold, a desert, a forest, an encampment, it doesn't matter what the land looks like, good or bad. Guess what? Go into it and, and step first because what you may not have known is it happened to be the season and the time of ripe fruit. See, we're going to end this, this message with Luke 4.18. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The time was the season for the first ripe grapes. Isn't that powerful? Because you don't feel fruitful. It doesn't seem fruitful. Your life doesn't seem like it's fruitful. It seems like you're being jackhammered nonstop. But see, you might not understand how diamonds are formed. 
or pearls in the oyster are formed. Or the fact that the day of the Lord reveals what you really are and burns away all the junk. So when the burning comes to burn out the wood, hay, and the stubble out of your life, and God's wanting to refine you so he can build on you and make you pure gold, we complain and we combust. And it's all the devil and all my problems and woe is me and the devil on all side. People come to me and say, the devil's beating me up, hardship, failure, difficulty, pray for me. And I say, I'm gonna pray for you, but first I'm gonna celebrate what God's doing in your life. When in the world are we gonna get this? You praise before the breakthrough comes. You worship in the midst of the storm more than the God of the breakthrough. He's the God of the growth through. And you're like, man, how long am I going to be growing? I need some breakthrough. And God says, I know the better time than you do. Because it's in my time, not your time. In due time. In due time. There's an appointment. And what if God has put it on the calendar and you don't see the calendar but there's an appointment. This is why you have to understand the next scripture in Galatians. Six, nine. Galatians six, nine. Don't grow weary while doing good because in due season, you're gonna reap something if you don't lose heart. See, prolonged weariness for a long time. Hope deferred does what? But when it comes, there's a tree of life on the other side. So what if you knew there was a tree of life appointment and you're growing weary, but God says, don't lose heart. Continue to do good in the midst of it because what we want to do is retreat, pull back. I don't have it all together. I'm not qualified. I'm not ready. Life's a mess. There's problems. All these issues in your life that always seem to be there. And I'm saying to you, it's like, when are you going to think that you're going to arrive? Because there's no arrival. There's just process and growth and maturity in the midst of it. That's why you can't grow weary while doing good. But the enemy wants to wear you out and constant storms and battering rams. You know, I think of your life like a fortress and there's a battering ram just hitting the door. Does anybody feel this way? But see, I know what's on the other side and I know the promise of God and I know that he has an appointed time. Everybody say in due season. In due season. So what God says is he says, look, I'm sending you into it. Now, this scripture says, go see what the land's like. But we later find out what the land's like. The land of Canaan has cities built to the sky. And there's giants in the land. Big ones. Nephilim offspring. And you're little old you. And 10 of those spies, what did they say? When we got there, we were grasshoppers in our own sight and in theirs because everything starts with first how you see yourself and if you see yourself as a grasshopper then you're going to think everybody else is going to crush you and they're all looking at you like a grasshopper but I don't see you like a grasshopper I see you as sons and daughters heads not tails you're a head not a tail you're sons and daughters even if the situation looks bleak and hopeless and there's a desert, 
and fortresses. God still calls you to take the land. This is why you've got to be like Joseph and, Joseph and Caleb. And of course, I love Caleb's name, which means a dog or to howl like a dog. And it means to roar in there and charge with no fear like a howling, ferocious pit bull. Be a spiritual pit bull. Chihuahua's ain't gonna take the land, folks. Listen, God's not the issue. He's not the reason why we're not seeing breakthrough. Supernatural power and breakthrough often comes from great adversity. It comes from hardship when the odds are overwhelming and difficult and they seem impossible to overcome. This is why suffering is, getting a narrative and understanding of proper suffering is important. Let's talk about Joseph for a minute. What did Joseph do? He shares the dreams that God gives him with his family and he literally causes hatred with his brothers, tells on his brothers to his dad, brothers get mad. You know the story, it's a great story. But I'm gonna summarize it. He's a dreamer, his dreams land him in prison. While he's in prison, he's faithful and loyal and he continues with his gift in prison. And then because of his faithfulness in prison, what happens? God elevates him to the right hand of Pharaoh. God took a dreamer, a supernatural dreamer, threw him into prison when he actually really didn't do anything wrong. Might his character need to be refined? Yes, but God used the prison circumstance to refine his character and elevate him in an instant. When the promotion came, there was no time for preparation. Either you're ready or not. So when Pharaoh called, it's cut your hair, change your shirt, shave, and get up before the, the, the king right now and interpret this dream. So the gift made a way, but he needed character for it first. So it took the pit and the prison. The dream will get you in prison and the dream will get you out of prison. Just don't stop dreaming. Yeah. Wow, you all are like at a golf match or something. Good, Pastor. Did you hear what I just said? Your golf will let your golf. You know, that's Brad McClendon's story. Golf landed him in prison and golf, well, it didn't get him out, but he was a pro golfer. When aren't the odds seeming to be overwhelming? Listen, if everything's perfect in your life, your marriage, your kids, your family, and nothing's going wrong, would you please come lay hands on me after service because I need some prayer. You do too? Who else? All right. When that perfect person shows up, we'll have them pray for us all. Here's what you've got to understand. God always puts you in impossible circumstances. Impossible circumstances make it very clear that it wasn't you that did it by your hand, but it was God that did it by his hand. So you can't take glory in the story. But God's glory is in your story because you trusted him and you let him do what only he could do. Only God can do it. Are you in an impossible circumstance? Then you're poised for a supernatural miracle from God. And that's not a hyped up prosperity word. This is a promise from God. He has a due season and a right time. But you're always called to stay supernatural no matter what that situation looks like. Stay instant regardless of the season. Here's a great example of this story. Jesus turning water to wine. Now, let's just think about this for a minute. I'm at a 
reception and it's a party. And we got a problem. And this is a big problem. I mean, of all the issues that are going on in the hearts of people, there's probably sick and dying people everywhere. But we have a major situation. We've run out of wine. <laughs> yes! Yes! This is a flip you on your head message. And what makes it worse is not only it's like, man, the party's been popping, friendships and dancing, and we're celebrating the bride and the bridegroom. They just got married, and oh no, the wine is out. Jesus, please, Lord, we need more wine. And what makes the matters worse is someone sent the mom, not the mom. How do you say no to the mom? Seriously. Like, it's one thing if like a servant came or somebody working or the wedding coordinator, but no, not the wedding coordinator. It's the mom. And Jesus is probably a little perturbed because he's like, Woman, what do you have to do with me? Now, first off, if I would have called my mom woman, I'd have been slapped upside the head. I mean, you don't call your mom woman. There's some things only Jesus can do you're never supposed to do. That's one of them. But what does Jesus say? Jesus says, it's not my time. And I could just hear the father say, I don't care. Oh, it's not your time. You better make some wine now. And Jesus says, nevertheless, I'm going to do what you've asked me to do. Because so many times we don't feel like it's our time or our season. But Jesus in that moment was instant no matter it, whether it was his time or his not, or not. Oh, I get it. I don't know when you feel like it's gonna be your time or the perfect season, but here's what I do know is regardless, you're supposed to be instant and obedient. Second Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. That's how it says, that's how I read it. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. And sometimes you're going to feel like, how long do I have to suffer with this person? Do you have anybody in your life you're like really long-suffering with? I mean, I'm long-suffering with some of y'all. You are wearing me straight out. <laughs> no, I love this church. I love all y'all watching online. I would die without you in my life. But do you have those people you are long-suffering with? For long, 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 long suffering. Two words. A really long time of suffering with others. But you are called to remain constant. See, this word instant or ready, let me tell you what this word means. Have any of you ever worked a job where you had to be on call? You're always on call. You're always on standby. But here's the problem. Some of y'all are on, are on call, but when the phone rings, you send it to voicemail. Uh 
not now, Lord. Now? Kids are screaming. House is a mess. I don't feel good. Now? The lady shows up to deliver groceries and God says, now. And you prophesy or encourage her or strike up a conversation. You lay hands on her. The dogs are wanting to eat the turkey in the bag sitting on your front porch. Kids are screaming. House is a wreck. And this lady that showed up at your house to deliver groceries needs Christ, but it's extremely inconvenient for you. I'm telling you that story because I've lived it. I list a goat for sale because we had too many. And it was a little mean buck. I'm like, you're getting out of my life. I'm tired of feeding you. It's time for you to go. You're tormenting my girls. You're gone. Two thugs throw up, show up with pants down to their knees, straight out of the hood. I already know this goat is either going into soup or a pentagram. I'm not kidding. They're probably going to go do a sacrifice. I don't even care what they're going to do. The goat needs to go give me your money. <laughs> all right, all you animal activists, it's okay. Look, I don't interview people when they come to buy things I post on Facebook. Now, what are you going to do with this little doll camper and this goat? Whatever you're going to do, you, I better approve it. It doesn't work like that. But you know what it does work like? When the guy shows up, and he happens to be fresh out of prison. I'm laying hands on him in the back of my field and he's weeping and crying and giving his life to Christ. And that's a real story. It doesn't matter. See, the situation doesn't dictate, the circumstances are not to dictate the outpouring in your life. Oh, it's hard? I understand. Health issues, family issues, Kids combusting, struggles, problems, money. That's why we're to preach the word, but you got to know the word and stay in the word. Here's what I want to challenge you. No matter where you're at, what you're doing, stay in the word. Because the word gives you the, the treasure chest and the word is the sword of the spirit to fight the battles and the fight in front of you. So always be present, always be on call. Another thing that this word be ready means is it means expect suddenlies. Let me tell you about a suddenly, okay? A suddenly is you become one to someone or God does a suddenly in your life. Like a sudden rain cloud in a desert season. Or that one moment when God touches you when you've been dry as cardboard. And reading the word in quiet times, it's like, I feel nothing. I see nothing. But that one moment, that one breath, that one encounter, that one minute made all the months of faithfulness worth it. See, it means to be overcome or to be over. So sometimes you become the rain cloud for someone else. You should say, Lord, make me a rain cloud. Because you bring water to the desert life of someone else. I'm a rain cloud. You're a rain cloud. And you become the suddenly to somebody else. They show up thinking they're going to deliver groceries. Here comes the rain cloud. 
Now, it's not everybody every time, but you learn to be wind-driven by the Spirit because I'm on call at all times. And then what you also know and understand is that, look, God has this way of overcoming you when you least expect it. You just got to be looking and watching and paying attention. You got to believe and trust that God has a due season and an appointed time for you. Don't grow weary while doing good. For in due season, I do good with an expectation of a due season. There's a kairos moment from God, whether the opportunity seems right or not. It's not based on how you feel. It's not based on your emotions. It's not based on the stars aligning and you being perfectly caffeinated and good sleep and I got no health issues. And my kids were really good today. Ah, I'm gonna prophesy. That's not how it works. How it works is you stay faithful and trusting and obedient to the Lord in season and out and stay instant. Be on call and answer the phone. The word phone in the Greek is literally the word for God's voice or sound. And when God calls, answer. One of the best advices I could give you today is when God calls hands, pick up the phone. Pick up the phone. You're like, I'm not gonna answer that phone. Five rings later. You know how some of y'all don't wanna answer the phone? You're gonna ghost the caller, but then you get convicted at the fifth ring and then you pick it up right at the last second, kind of hoping it didn't actually answer, but then it did. Don't treat God like that. Just pick up the phone. He loves you. He's for you. Always preaching the word, let's go back to the scripture, 2 Timothy 4.2. To always preach the word means to herald. It means to publish and proclaim something that's about to happen that will bring good news. It's the sign that others were looking for. You become the sign that others were looking for. And then you proclaim the good news. It means to herald. Preach the word means I'm going to tell you what's about to happen. I had a meeting with Prophet Kevin at a family's house earlier this year. And it was a little tense with Prophet Kevin and this couple. And while we were in the meeting, Prophet Kevin pulls out his iPad and starts recording. And the couple looks and is like, uh, why? I could tell they're thinking like, why is he about to record this? And so me being the loving pastor explained, I just jumped in and said, well, we record because it's, we want you to have what's a, what we're about to say and make sure that there's no misunderstanding. And then Kevin's, yeah, he's, he just kind of fluffs it off. He's like, yeah, I always record these messages in case something happens. And the couple says, why? What's about to happen? And he says, well, in my meetings, things happen. Five minutes later, the wife was on the floor, weeping, crying, power encounter at the table. God's presence hit that kitchen, and it was all recorded, but he heralded and made a proclamation that something was about to happen. Do things happen when people encounter your life? Become the sign that others were looking for. Now, we live different than how we used to live when we didn't know God. If you don't know God, you need to know God so that you can live differently. But let's just say that you do. That means you're born again and you've surrendered your life and you become a disciple. But let's just say that you feel distant or far, you're not knowing God. 
this is such a powerful scripture because it is a picture of my past life and most of our past lives. Galatians 4, 8 through 10. But then indeed, when you did not know God, you served those which by nature are not gods. So what I did was I worshiped nature instead of the God of nature. I used to be heavily into the new age and I would meditate on all kinds of crystals. And I had a crystal for every sickness in your body. I had rose quartz and I had amethyst and I had black onyx and I had clear quartz, regular quartz. And I had these big giant single point crystals that had rainbows inside of them. And I would bury them in the ocean on full moons for them to get more power. And then I would meditate on them and they would get hot in my hands and oscillate as I channeled electromagnetic energy through my body and my mind and my thoughts into the crystal and through the crystal so that I could speak or commune with whatever other supernatural life was out there. Little did I know that it would be demonic, but I thought that there could be good magic and white magic. You have to understand, I did not know the Lord. And then I took it even a step further where I was like, all those jacked up people destroying the earth and pulling crystals out of the earth and hurting mother nature. And this is why we have hurricanes and tornadoes and problems because the earth is now off its axis and people have destroyed the earth. And so it's my job to get the crystal back and bring it back into right alignment by meditating on it with the universe. I know that sounds crazy. You're like, you were whack. Yes, I was pretty whack. (laughs) But that's a real thing. And that's the way that I used to live. I would literally worship nature instead of worshiping God or the universe. Don't fall prey to the deceptive lie that the universe has power. And I just worship the universe. It's all in the hands. Karma's in the hand of the universe. That's a deceptive demonic lie. So when I didn't know God, I was serving, which by nature, which are not God's. But now after we've known God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you turn again to the, I want you to see these two words, weak and beggarly elements, weak and beggarly elements to which you desire to again be in bondage. You observe days and months and seasons and years. What does this scripture mean? This scripture literally means that you could know God and still fall prey to legalistic deception or distraction of being more focused on times and seasons and even feasts when Jesus is now your feast. I'm not against the feast. I love seders, I love Passover, and I'm not saying you shouldn't do them. But what I am gonna say to you is you gotta watch out for legalistic mindsets that put you into bondage. How do you know if you're in bondage to legalism? You beg God. You're a beggar. Look at it, go back. A verse. We're turning again. How is it that we turn to weak and beggarly elements? Elements is snow, hardship, difficulty, hail, rain, drought, the seasons, but it's also turning back to a legalistic way of thinking. My eyes are on Jesus, not the cares of this world. I get people ask me all the time, what do you think's coming down the line? And you know what I say? Instead of worrying about what's coming, let's focus on who's coming. Our focus should be more on what's coming, on who's coming, and not times and seasons and years. Legalism leads to bondage. 
always leads to bondage. You have a false perception of God. You're worried, you're afraid, you're in doubt, and your eyes aren't on him. They're on legalistic ways. I'm glad you're here today. You get no kudos and benefits for coming. You get to hear the word and you get challenged to live differently. We got to worship in his presence and have an encounter together. We got to be together for a short time in our lives on a weekly basis to grow us, prepare us, train us, equip us, and challenge us to live differently. That's why I come. First Thessalonians 5, 1 through 2, concerning the times and the seasons, brethren, you have no need that I should write to you. For you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord comes as a thief in the night. He's like, times and seasons? Jesus said it's not for you to know times and seasons. But instead, what it's for you to know is keep your eyes out and be watchful at all times. So we're watching one of two things. I'm watching the times and seasons of the world and the age and the White House and all the difficulties of the government, your school, your education, your friends, all the stuff coming against me or making it difficult and I'm more focused on that. Social media, YouTube, even learning and good things to help you get healthier. I love those things, but they don't transform my life spiritually. They help, but they're not the ultimate answer. So notice what he says, you don't need, I don't need to teach you about times and seasons. You shouldn't be ignorant about that. What you should know is Jesus is coming back. And when he comes, it's gonna be like a thief in the night. So 40 times in the New Testament, watch, 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 watch. Keep watch, keep watch, keep watch. Pay attention, pay attention. Always practice the presence of God. Get the book by A.W. Tozer and make it your ambition to do nothing but every day. Keep it by your bedside. Read chapters here and there, little bitty nuggets to remind you, I determined to know nothing but Christ crucified and to be in his presence at all times. I don't want a thought outside of God's thought in my mind. And people are gonna say, oh, you're so heavenly good, you're no spiritually good. Okay, I'd rather be heavenly good or, or earthly good. In fact, the more heavenly minded you are, the better you become on earth. Regardless of the situation we're in or around us, we're to remain constant, instant, and ready Always be on call and always answer the phone when it rings. No one can do this for you. I can't pick up your phone. Wouldn't that be weird? If I was by you and your phone rang and I was like, I got it. No one can answer someone else's phone call. God's calling your name today and he loves you right where you're at, but he'll change you to become something that you're not today to become more like him, but God's the one that does it. He loves you. He loves so much about you. And if you'll allow the jackhammer to come to your heart and your life and you'll be broken before the Lord, God is the one that does it. You can't fix yourself, clean yourself. You just say yes to the process. I'm proud of you for showing up every week. Keep coming. Because I learned one thing a long time, I just keep showing up. God has this way. Just get around me. Like my girls, they're my girls, by the way, at the shop. You're my girl, but not in a weird, perverted way. You're under my covering. You're like, it's like, those are my girls. And you know what? I, I love them. And I will make sacrifices for them. And I'll do my best to care for them, no matter what's going on in my life. Stopping by the shop, calling a meeting, meeting with someone. That's what it means to manage. It's a sacrifice. why so many people don't go into management or leadership because they don't want to deal with other people's problems. But God doesn't give you that out. 
everybody has a great commission to answer to. I'm going to close with this. Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19. There's never a season to not be on fire. Now, follow me with this. Revelation 3.16. You'll always remember this scripture because how many of you know John 3.16? We can all quote it. For God so loved the world that he gave us only begotten. Just take 3.16 to Revelation and meditate on it and know it. Your choice is hot or hot. God doesn't want you to be lukewarm. When you're lukewarm, he spits you out of his mouth. He'd rather you be desperate and broken even if you feel like you're lukewarm, stay desperate and broken and cry out to God. Because when you're lukewarm, you stop crying out to God and you stop abiding and you go through religious motions and you fake it till you make it. Stop faking it. I'll take you just as you are. I don't need pretentious, religious, weird, strange conference Christians. Be honest. And you're, nothing's wrong with you. It's like, oh, if they knew I was struggling, how they you? That is a deceptive false lie. And if that's in this house, I want it out. Not in this house. It's like, if they really knew. You know what? I probably already know. So let's just get past that. <laughs> Jesus already knows, so who cares? You think I wasn't a mess when I gave my life to the Lord? And for many years, in fact, I still feel like a mess in a lot of ways. But I'm a beautiful mess. Let's all say that together. I am. A beautiful mess. You are such a mess, bro. You are messed up, but you're a beautiful mess. And you know what I see in you? The fruit of the Lord. There's giant grapes inside of you. In worship today, I was crying out. I am the cup of the Lord, meaning that my cup overflows. You're nothing but a PVC pipe or a funnel from the Lord. Let's say this together. It'll be the strangest thing you ever said in church. You ready? <laughs> say, God, make me. God make me. I'm looking around. Say it again. God, made, make me, God made me a PVC pipe. A PVC pipe. Make, me a make me a funnel where you can pour in and you can pour out. You know, I've seen the most jacked up people in the most strangest of places that I know have not been living for the Lord and the Spirit of God come on them and they prophesy. I don't care if they were drinking or not. Sometimes when they're drinking, they get uninhibited and they get freer in their gift. That's not God's perfect way, but I've seen it happen. And I can go, there's the anointing. You're like, what? huh? God can, if God can speak through a donkey, he can speak through you. So Luke 4, 18, this is a season you're never not in. You know why you're never not in this season? Because the Lord is anointed. Let's pull it up, Luke 4, 18. The spirit of the Lord is on me. Why? Because he's anointed me. Do you know that every one of you have a, has an anointing from God right now? It doesn't ever matter. It's not, the anointing is not predicated on what you do or don't do. It's predicated on what God's put inside of you. Now that anointing for leadership, position, calling, power, freedom, ministry, preacher, whatever the anointing is, it can be dormant, but it doesn't mean that it's not there. 
Some of y'all's anointing and gift set is on a shelf collecting dust. My job is to blow it off and to get you back in a position and create an atmosphere where you can use it. That's why this is such an incredible mission ground because you don't even have to go get people. Really broken, hurting people will come here and they'll bring their kids. And little Johnny at nine or 10 years old is gonna go drop F-bombs with your little son and daughter in the kids' ministry. I'm not going to that church. They got cussing kids in there. Bring on the cussing kids, bro. Let's just bring them on. How many people have stories of smoking pot and losing their virginity when they were 10, six, seven, eight, seeing porn for the first time when they were nine? I hear that story all the time. It's like, oh, they're gonna be around my kids. Yeah, you better get your kids prepared at home so they know when they get there, they're not in shock. And if they go into the kids' ministry and little Johnny drops F-bombs and is a bully, what you do is you teach them that the bullies need to come to Rock City and they're gonna have messy lives and broken parents and that's why you're there. What if you could teach your kids to be in a mission field in the kids' ministry, but we need the teachers and the moms and dads to be there to coach them and guide them. Seventy-five to 80% of this church is doing nothing in this house. I love you. I'm not mean. I'm not mad, jaded, jaded pastor. I'm just telling you. We all got a job to do in the kingdom. And here I am preaching about being instant in season and out. The Bible says it's better to give than to receive. So I need to learn to give no matter what instead of making it about me. I need help financially. I need help with healing. I need help with my kids. I need help with family. Amber needs help in the kids. Lacey desperately needs help with the leadership team with the women. You got 150 women coming tonight. And we don't want it to just be another nice little women's dinner. We want power. We want life. We want prophecy. We want friendships. We want unity. So Jesus said, I'm going to be instant because the Lord's anointed me. <coughs> The Lord has anointed me, no matter if I'm hacking. I know that's like, man, pastor, listen, I'm getting this stuff out. I'm getting aggressive. I have prayed. I, yeah, the pastor's like, man, pastor, you lost a lot of weight. Yeah, I lost 15 pounds. You know why? I cut out sugar and carbs and gluten and cheese. Hang on, hang on. Calm down, calm down. I love bread and cheese. I'm praying, God, please don't let that be it. My point is, is I'm doing whatever it takes to deal with the sickness in my life. You do whatever it takes. You get lean and mean against the situation. And you understand that, look, whether I'm hacking, whether kids are manifesting, instead of pulling back, you lean and pull the scripture back up. You have a calling, just like Jesus did, and you're anointed to do this. First off, it's to herald. Remember what I told you herald is. Herald is to proclaim and be the sign and to bring the good news in the midst of really bad news. How many of you feel like you're living in a world of bad news? Don't raise your hand. I often feel like I'm living in a world of bad news, but you know what the counter to that is? It's the gospel of the cross and it is continuing to do good. Because if we continue to do good and don't grow weary, what happens? 
Jordan asked me in a meeting last week, is there ever a time I'm not gonna feel max? I feel so overwhelmed. How in the world are more and more people gonna come when we're bare? I feel like we're overly maxed right now. That's a fair question. And you know what I said? Number one, I don't know when you're ever not gonna feel max because if I go back one, two, five, I'd have to go back to when I first got born again and single and I had no kids, no marriage, and no fi real financial responsibilities to think that maybe that was the time I had, wasn't maxed. So let's go back 30 years. Oh, when was the time 30 years ago? The point I'm trying to tell you is that God expands you along the way and gives you what you need. You gotta be about the Father's business. And if you're doing what God tells you, you may feel max, but in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. So you know what God will do? As we expand and grow, he's gonna bring new people here. He's gonna bring new resources here. Some of y'all that have been served are gonna say, here I am. You send me, God. I don't care. Step up, let's roll. We need kids. We need double the amount of children's workers over there. And when guest speakers come and you're saying, oh, I don't wanna miss Brad McClendon when he comes or Kevin Leal or whoever it is that I bring. Say, I don't wanna miss it. I wanna receive, receive, receive. You say, no, I'm gonna go give in the children's ministry because if the church gets it, the kids get it, the parents get it, and all get it. Yeah. You're anointed to preach. And let me tell you something. God's always gonna bring you the poor, the brokenhearted, the captain. Just read, look at the last line of every one of these, verse, of these lines. Poor, broken-hearted, captives, blind, oppressed. You're in the broken people business. But boy, doesn't it get hard and tiring. It's like, man, I got enough issues. I don't want to deal with yours. It doesn't work that way. You're always going to get a Judas. And you'll always get a Peter. And you'll always get a John. The disciples are pictures of the people that God brings to your life. The brokenhearted, the poor, the captives, the blind. There's never a time I should not be ready to bust up a demon or bring deliverance to somebody's life or hope and encouragement that no matter where you've been, give me your hand or what you've done, God loves you. The anointing on your life never changes, son, ever. God breaks you to make you. And God's making you, Elijah. You are an anointed, mighty man of, of God. The calling on your life is so big. I know it hurts and I know you don't understand, but God loves you. You're too gifted to stay the same. So he comes like a wrecking ball to plow up your heart, son, to prepare you for the great call of God on your life. Embrace it. Embrace the struggle, man, because you're being made into a mighty man of God. You're anointed for such a time as this. You're in a school with broken, hurting, dying, addicted, sold out, hurting people. You're anointed for them not to be one like them, but to bring freedom to them. You hear me? I love you. Bring me somebody that's jacked up. I got a gift for them. I'll be the rain cloud. Be the rain cloud. Some of y'all... You're the one, you're, the, you're your worst enemy. Forget the devil. <laughs> and you know what I see? I see giant grapes, fruit of the land. I see God saying, I'm never gonna leave you the same because I love you. Just keep coming. Be here, show up. The presence of God has a way. I didn't change myself. God changes you. 
You always need the poor and the brokenhearted and the captives and the blind and the oppressed because that's the great commission. And that's what Jesus was anointed for. And so are you. This month in December of 2023, hear the sound of my voice, everybody watching and listening. December of 2023 is the, is the one month of the year that is people are suicidal, mentally ill, and the spirit of this age is killing them. It's also the busiest time of the year for a church. Did you know that? More people will come to church this month in a given month than the entire year. You are the light of the world. Jesus in you. You're the city on a hill. And if you're hurting today, that's why we're here. If you gotta drug your, drag yourself in, drag yourself in. Get healthy and strong so you can help some of these other people. Partner up with others. You can't carry these big thick grapes by yourself. They're too heavy. When the fruit comes, you can't do it alone. I would be amiss. Can you imagine if I thought it was all me and I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna carry I cannot in any way think about adding more capacity in my life to carry more grapes alone. So you carry the grapes with family. You carry the grapes with one another. All right? You're anointed to bring deliverance. I don't care if the devil's in you or around you. If somebody gets around me, I want it gone. It's like, oh, a Christian can't be possessed. I don't care if you believe they can or they can't. Here's what I can tell you. Possessed or oppressed, it needs to go. Let's not split hairs over semantics. Let's just get the devil out of our life, amen? Let's get you to shut the door to the lies and deception and witchcraft and Ouija boards and tarot card readers and fortune tellers and your horoscope every day. My horoscope told me, don't believe the horoscopal lies. All right? So I'm going to lead you all through a prayer and then we're going to pray for you together. Let's all stand. Can I have my prayer partners, my ministry team come up? If you, let me say it this way. Instead of if you, let me say, everyone needs their space invaded. I had a spiritual son to this house come up. He's got tats all over his neck, his body. Lived in the world, got born again, flamed on, married, has a baby. This kid fully changed his life and he walks up to me after service. And he says, can I pray for you? I said, yeah, come here. And we hugged each other and he prayed over me. To, a, like a father and a son two men embracing each other tightly while he prayed for me and he invaded my space. I'll never turn down prayer, ever. No matter how long it takes. Because your prayer might be that one time. We're so prideful. I don't want anybody getting close to us. God didn't design it that way. So today, if you're hurting, broken, lost, sick, dying, oppressed, nightmares, hurt, whatever, hey, I wanna make changes, I need help, or maybe you feel like you've been out of season and you're not doing anything, but you want to, 
and you want to say yes, whatever it is, if this message impacted you and you know you're called to live differently and you're not, get up here and let somebody pray for you. If you don't know the Lord, you're not born again, you're backslidden, you've been in, I don't care where you've been or what you've done. What I want to say to you is these people up here have an anointing on their life and they need to invade our spaces. Let somebody invade your space today. One of the best things we can offer at this house is space invading. Prayer, love, comfort, and strength. There's something about physical touch. And I realize some of y'all don't like physical touch. My wife's last love, love language is physical touch. And you know what I do? Come here, honey. Is this a little weird for you? It feels good, right? He's my brother. There's nothing weird about that. So I'm going to pray for you. And if you want someone to pray for you, start making your way up here. Let's pray this together. Say this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, invade my space. You know, let's just lift our hands up to the Lord as an act of surrender. Don't, don't worry about who's around you. We're not looking around. Or, or if it's awkward, just put your hands out in front of you. I don't care. What I care about is that you posture yourself. Be instant, beloved. Be instant. Whether you're in season or out, don't be like the fig tree. Cursed at the root. Produce fruit and get the fruit no matter what you're facing. God, I pray healing and repentance that people would change the way that they think and believe about you and the goodness of God. I speak hope and life and encouragement and the fire of God right into your heart. Lord, I ask that you would come like a wrecking ball right into the hearts of men and women. Those watching online and those here today, I just pray, God, that you would be that instant rain cloud, a deluge, a downpouring in the midst of a dry and weary land. Lord, let our cups overflow, God, in the midst of our enemies. Thank you that you prepared a table. God, I pray fire in the baptism of the Spirit. That you would pray in tongues in the prayer language that God has given you. And if you don't, that you would desire it and say yes to it. Come on, those of you that pray in the Spirit, just pray gently to the Lord. There's nothing chaotic about this. We have a prayer language to pray the mysteries of God. God, I thank you for supernatural seasons, no matter what is going on in the landscape around us. I pray for every relationship, every marriage all dating relationships, and everybody single. I pray that you'd be so in love with the Lord and that it'd be your first love. That you'd be united by Christ to first, first, and then united with one another by Christ. God, I pray that this house would come alive. Come alive. Wake up. Wake up, beloved. And that this month, Lord, December 2023, we'd reach out and touch somebody through our service, through our giving of our time and our talents and our money, whatever it looks like. Here I am. Let's all say this together. Say, here I am, Lord. Send me. Make me instant. Ready. I'm on standby. I'm on call. And I'll pick up the phone. Forgive me, Lord, for sending your voice to voicemail. I'm sorry, Lord. Lord, I pray that we'd be so overcome with your presence this morning. Overwhelm us, Lord, 
overwhelm us, God. Overwhelm us. That will never be the same. I pray specifically for perfect love encounters. That any area in your life you're not walking in perfect love, that God's perfect love would align you with his to love those around you. Arrest them. Arrest us, God. Arrest us. Arrest me. Say that, Lord. Arrest me. Make me a prisoner of your love. God, I thank you so much for igniting the fire of our hearts. Lord, I can't lay hands on every person here, but this altar call can. And I pray, God, that those that get prayer and even those staying where you're at right now, that you'd feel the hand of God. Lord, I just thank you so much that you can get us. Lord, you're, this is your church. This is your house, not mine or any other man's. Lord, awaken us. <coughs> awaken us, Lord. Awaken me. And I pray over tonight's fellowship with the women. God, let it be a supernatural dinner. God, I pray over all those that labor, serve, and work. Lord, strengthen them. Give them great grace. And Lord, speak to all of us of how we can love and give better to the world around us and even in this house. And God, I thank you for supernatural life. I just pray dreams, visions, signs, wonders, and healing to you. And I pray that you'd be more in love with the Lord, more on fire, no matter what the season is you're in, be instant. If you'd like prayer, please come on up. If you're sick in your body, if you need healing, if you got marriage problems, relationship struggles, financial struggles, Come on up if you need prayer and let one of these prayer partners pray for you. God, I thank you. Come on, make your way up now. Ask the Lord, Lord, do I need to go up for prayer? Just get up here if he says yes. And I thank you, Jesus, for being with us. Emmanuel. Thank you, Emmanuel. You didn't leave us alone. You're with us. And I bless all of you. New vision, fresh eyesight and quickening by the Spirit as you go. In Jesus' name, amen.